When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, Secret Squad. I'm Robin McGraw with a new episode of I've Got a Secret. This episode is all about some of the most important people in our lives, our friends. Psychotherapist and author Aaron Palkner's new book, How to Break Up with Your Friends, is a look into the highs and lows of adult friendships. She's here to talk about making new friends, auditing your current relationships, and of course, how to break up with friends. This is such a fascinating topic and one that is often difficult to navigate. This is the secret to creating lasting adult friendships or ending them. Erin, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I love that you have written this book because I think it is so important that when you become an adult, it is so critical to have friends, I believe. Don't you? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I thought that having friends was important before the pandemic, which is when I actually sold this title three weeks before we went into lockdown here. And it's just become so important, um, you know, after two years of isolation, loneliness, fear. um, I think, you know, cultivating your A-team in this group uh, of people is more important now than ever. I so agree with you. And what's kind of funny is just yesterday I was sitting uh, getting my nails done Mm. and the sweet, precious woman that was doing them, she's so kind. She's so nice and friendly. I just really like her. And someone here on my team sent me an email about today's podcast. Mm. And so I was reading the email and she was giving me some information about, about the topic today. And I said, oh, I'm so excited about tomorrow's podcast. And I told my nail artist about it. And she went, oh, wow, I so need to hear this. She said, I don't know what's going on, but she said, since the pandemic started, I've lost some friends, some very important friends in my life. And she said, and I'm trying really hard not to take it personal, but she said, everything in my life has changed when it comes to my friends. She said, I don't know. She said, now... Granted, I relocated to the beach. She she said, I moved, but I really don't think that's it. She said, I really think it's because of the pandemic and the quarantining. Everyone kind of went into lockdown, as you said. And she said, we just lost contact. And she said, I really don't have any of my best friends. They've either gotten married, they've had children, and they just became reclusive and they Mm. started their own lives. And I don't have the friends I used to have. So I agree. This topic is so important right now. Yeah. And I think one of the things is that, well, one of the big epiphanies that I had when I was looking to do a follow-up to my first book was when I stumbled across, actually, this idea came to me in basically a dream. I I I was, my first book is very rooted in the female empowerment, female productivity space. And as I was looking for the follow-up, I went down, you know, dead end after dead end. Um, and I was getting really frustrated. And about six o'clock in the morning, one morning, I woke up kind of half awake, half asleep. Mm-hmm. And this phrase, how to break up with your friends, was just in my head. And I was yeah. like, what? I, I, so I tried to go back to sleep. 
couldn't. And over the course of the next couple of days, it just kept kind of coming up, resurfacing. And finally, I was like, what is this all about? And I stopped for a second and I was having difficulty kind of with one friend. And I looked at that and I was started to really do a deep dive. And this is somebody that I outwardly would have said is like a BFF, you yeah. know, uh, long standing friendship in my life. And outwardly, you know, I would have said, yeah, we're the greatest of friends. And when I started to look at, you know, dig a little deeper, I realized we had all these kind of like built up irritations or frustrations and nothing huge, uh -huh. like no one big betrayal. But over time, the chasm between us had just kind of like grown bigger and bigger and bigger. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is, this is bizarre, right? And so I started to look at my other friendships and I noticed so many of them had again, these little irritations or frustrations, or I felt, um, numb towards uh -huh. them, or I felt like I missed them, even though we were in a relationship. And the big epiphany for me was I couldn't believe this was the first time I was looking at these relationships mm -hmm. in, in this kind of intentional way. And, you know, we are a culture that is obsessed with information uh -huh. about ourselves. Uh -huh. We know every calorie we're eating, every gram of fat, uh, every gram of protein. Yep. We wear watches that tell us every single step we're taking. Marie Kondo has taught us to like hold up a chair or a sweater and yes. say, does this bring joy? But the people in our lives, we have so little eyes on. And yeah. so that was my first kind of like, I think there's something here uh -huh. because and again, as I said, that was right before the pandemic. And so I thought, like, what an incredible source of support and, um, you know, just love we have in these in these relationships. But we're kind of dialing them in. They're the they're the one category of relationship that I think we think is nice to have and should sort of give, give, give. Yes. Whereas if you ask about some, you know, what's the secret to your marriage yes. or what's, you know, the secret to your family? It's like, oh, it takes a lot of work. Yes. And so we just have a different understanding of this group of people. And I think if we took the time to really explore those who are in our lives and then, you know, starting with ourselves, like what our needs are and what our, you know, how we want to be seen in the world and then curate these people, these relationships around us. Um, I think, I think we have a chance to tap into something really amazing. Oh, I so agree with you. And, and it's, it's wonderful when you do take the time to stop and think really think about it right? and give yourself that favor, really. right? I think it's interesting how you note that many people don't nurture these relationships right. in the same way they do a romantic or family right. one. Totally. There's, you know, it's funny because I'm a therapist. And when I was thinking also just kind of exploring this topic, I uh, and I was starting with myself and saying, you know, this is so bizarre because I feel like I'm somebody that's confident and I advocate for myself in mm -hmm. all of, you know, the facets of my life. And yet looking at this example in my life, so many little irritations that I just didn't address or didn't. Mm -hmm. And why was that? I was thinking to myself. And I think one of the big reasons is if you look at traditional therapy, there is um, individual therapy, family therapy, couples therapy. But nothing exists for friendship therapy and or for friends, right? And and while I'm not necessarily suggesting that friend couples run out and find a therapist, mm -hmm. although it's not a bad idea, not a bad if, it's idea. A very, if it's a very meaningful relationship in your life, but what it does mean to me for sure is that out there in the zeitgeist, there is no kind of 
agreed upon language for navigating conflict in these relationships. There's no blueprint about how to get into new relationships, how to get out of existing ones um, in friendship, like there is in, uh, you know, romantic relationships or even family relationships, right? Like, if you started dating somebody, you'd have very clear expectations about what you will and will not tolerate, what are must-haves, what are non-negotiables. And, um, but yet in relationships, we're just kind of like, friendships, I mean, we're just kind of like, especially with women, Mm -hmm. I think like, when I looked at my own example, I was talking myself out of saying a lot of things. I was like, oh, maybe it's not that big a deal. Maybe I don't think she can handle this right now. Mm-hmm. She's going through a lot. Da, 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 da. And then, of course, my, my own shortcomings. So it's... That's so true. We just don't look at... We just don't analyze this these, this category of relationship in, it, to the level that we do, you know, romantic or um, or family relationship. I had... I was, I was being interviewed. Um, but do you know who Maria Menounos? Yes. 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 She's just so lovely. And she was yes. interviewing me for this book and she said, okay, Aaron, Aaron, I have a friend, a good friend. We've been friends forever. Um, but the last 10 times we've made plans, concrete plans. We've chosen date, place, time, excitedly, both of us. The last 10 times, either the night before or the morning of my friend is canceled. She goes, look, look at my phone. And she holds it up. She goes, what do I do with this friend? And I said, Maria, I've got bad news for you. I don't think you're in a friendship with this person. You're in some kind of weird relationship, but this is not a friendship. This other person is not committed to you. And I said, let me, let's look at it another way. If you were dating this person, right? And 10 times, she stopped 10 times. If the second time he canceled, he'd be done. Yeah, exactly. Because we have a very clear understanding of what is, acceptable. I said, at what point were you going to, was it 12 times, 15 times this friend cancels? When were you going to say, hey, this behavior is not cool. What's going on? Because we need to reassess. That's exactly right. Right. And so that's just an example of how we have it's just unspoken about Because we all know if a, if your romantic partner wants to be with you, they're going to find it, a way. Exactly. They're going to be with totally, you. Totally. Well, why can't you expect that from a friend? Exactly. And uh, obviously there's a level of, you know, you're not signing up for life in a marital contract, but the way you commit to a friendship over this relationship should be taken a lot more seriously than it is. Yes. Because, you know, to my mind... A friendship is a place where, again, you're not signing up for to have children with this person or, you know, to split finances or buy a house. But it is these relationships that you can really actually be yourself yes. because you don't have the pressures. You don't need to perform. You don't need. It's just about being with the other person, yes. enjoying, learning, growing with this other person. And that makes it really potent, especially for self-growth. Right. Yes. You discover different parts of yourself with all these different people, friends, right? And so in my mind, it's just as important to double down on the commitment, getting on the same page, making sure that this relationship supports who you want to, how you want to be seen and how you want to be, you know, accepted in the world. And so it's a really missed opportunity to kind of dismiss them. Yes. Um, And I think, you know, we're a culture that we talk about BFFs and best uh-huh. friends and ride or dies all the time. You know, it seems like we're out, outwardly a friend culture, but actually no, because when you, just like your nail artist, yes, so many people 
are sitting there feeling a certain way, feeling upset, feeling conflicted, and don't quite know what to do, how they got here, or what to mm-hmm. do with these emotions. Exactly. So can you talk about some of the red flags of a mm-hmm. toxic friend? Yeah. So first of all, like what I like to always start off with is that, you know, in my office, or just within my other friends, like when talking, I hear so often, oh my God, she's so toxic. He's so toxic. And it gets thrown around very loosely, right? And so I first stop people when they say that. And I say, hold on, you're in a relationship with somebody. You are in a toxic relationship, Okay. That now I'm not taking away bad behavior from another from the other person, right? But you are actively in this relationship and you have allowed that toxic behavior to continue because again, it's relational. So the first starting point is what in me needed to have this drama or toxicity or whatever you want to call it in your life, right? Because often the toxic person, the other the other person that is behaving badly, has relationships that are totally fine. Yes. They're out there in the world. And you know, and, and that's not necessarily true of everything, but often there is something in the dynamic between the two of you which is instigating or triggering that behavior in the other person. And probably it's just your tolerance of the behavior yes. that has allowed it to go on, right? And so the first part is why how have I let this go on so long? How, what can I do? Is it that I have trouble advocating for myself? Is it that this is a repeats some kind of behavior from my childhood with my parents? Is it something that feels comfortable to me? So there's a lot of really good information in that. And it's, I, I challenge people to not just dismiss it and throw the responsibility away on the other person, even though they probably are really behaving badly. So it's mm-hmm. not, I don't, it's not, I don't want to make this like it's victim shaming, but there's really good information and power, personal power in assuming your own responsibility in allowing this to go on. So having said that, the biggest litmus test for me is how you feel in this relationship, right? And it can even be as simple as when this person's name comes up on your call display, when they're calling you, what is your gut reaction, Mm -hmm. right? Is it, Or are you like, oh my God, I want to take this, right? Two very different reactions. Or you could feel like conflicted and have anxiety when you see their name, right? And so Mm -hmm. again, it's just the paying attention part to this this stuff that's really important. So assuming you feel not good, right? Mm Why do you not feel good? What is going on? And so a lot of times that you, you that I think you have to pay attention to is when you spend time with this person, do you feel like you are a different version of yourself, like yes. an untrue, like are you acting or behaving in a way that is not true to the core of who you are? So you are X, Y, and Z way with 95% of the people in your life, but when you're with this person, sort of an alter ego comes out, yes. Or right? So- yes. Again, it's back to you, not what they're doing. How do you feel in it? How are you behaving? Then another thing I like to look at is, do you spend a large amount of time in negativity with this person? Are you, is everything you talk about, you know, bashing other people or just talking badly about things going on in the world or, you know, making you feel bad, right? If the default kind of setting of this relationship is is grounded in negativity, yes. this is something you need to reevaluate, right? So interesting, yes. And that doesn't mean that when you're with your best friends, you can't um, 
you can't vent or you oh, can't. Oh, it's just like you vent. Yeah, yes. exactly. You can't vent or you can't, you know, whatever. Have your moments of gossip or whatever yes. because we're human. Yes. And we all need a friend that we can do that of with. Of course. Exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> but you just don't want it to be the default setting, right? Right. And you, and you never, and regardless of what you're talking about, you never want to be leaving feeling bad about yourself. That is the opposite of what a good friendship should do, right? So again, it's just really about paying attention to how you feel and how you behave in this relationship. It's much less about, well, she did this or she did that. Kind of irrelevant. It's how did you feel when that was going on? Because that's all you need to know. Because when you're in a healthy, thriving, any kind of relationship, but for the purposes of this conversation, friendship, you want to feel energized. You want to feel seen you want to feel supported um, and and feel good. Yes. Largely yes. feel good. And of course, life has its ebbs and flows. You're <clears throat> never going to show up a perfect person. You could just have been fired. There could have, You could be grieving something. But net net, over the lifespan of this friendship, you should feel good. I agree. That, I, thank you. Thank you. I'm loving this conversation. <laughs> so, and fading friendships don't always have some big reason attached right, to it. Can right. you talk about how common it is for friends to just simply grow apart? Yes, exactly. And so, <clears throat> so for me, you always want to be in relationships that are giving energy, right? Positive energy, not giving, kind of overall giving positive energy. And that doesn't mean you're leaving each out going, going woohoo, I feel, but just overall giving positive energy. What happens is over a lifetime, we end up collecting a lot of legacy friendships that mm -hmm. served us really well growing up or in our college years or our mom friends, whatever. Um, but not all of them, if you're a person that's remotely interested in self-growth, right, you're constantly evolving. You right. are still co at your core the same person, but, you know, life changes you, your career changes you, if you have your family's dynamic, these things change, right? So you're not going to always change in the same direction right. with everybody you've kind of collected over the lifetime. And that doesn't mean you're in a better space or worse space than them. It's just a different space. <laughs> and so... Those relationships that are no longer kind of active in your life, you need to make a choice about, right? Mm -hmm. Because even if they're not irritating you outwardly, I believe that if something is not giving you energy, it's taking. Mm -hmm. There is no net I neutral. I think that's right? true. Uh -huh. And so you have to start making decisions, at least at least energetically, consciously. I'm not saying you have to go out and start saying, this, this person's gone, this person's gone. Mm -hmm. But um, you need to understand that that sometimes you're going to go in different directions and that's okay. Where you have to really do something about it though is if you're not on the same page. So you can naturally just kind of flow in and or out of something and that's fine. Where it's problematic is if one of the two of you still wants to connect, still wants to make plans, mm -hmm. still wants to jump on the phone or text or have an active relationship in some way, and you are no longer at a place where that works for you. Then what happens is we often, you know, keep saying no, or we say yes when we mean no, and then we're irritated when we are yes. connecting or hanging out. Or we're like, I keep saying no, why isn't this person getting it? Like I don't, you know. And those are all operating in the passive, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You are letting that relationship happen to you. 
And so while it might just be a second of irritation or a couple minutes of irritation, again, that's taxing on your energy. Yes. You do not need to have that in your life. You need to find the courage to express the way you're feeling. And the reason that you need to do that is for two, two reasons. Is The first reason is because presumably this relationship was in your life at some point because it was really good and it was really fostering something. It was really energy. You were both energizing each other, right? And that's the memory you want to hold on to in this relationship. What happens though, is if you don't, if you go in a different direction and you don't address that, what becomes the dominating memory is your irritation, your guilt, your frustration, all of the negative emotions, right? So not only are you having to deal with this relationship and that's taking your energy, but what's happening is subconsciously now the positive memory, has, be- which gives energy, becomes a negative energy, right? A memory which, mm-hmm. takes en- which takes energy. And so it's much more courageous and respectful to yes. be able to say so-and-so you are, this relationship has provided such value with me, you for, for me this time and this time and this time, be specific. Where I'm at in my life right now, however, I do not have the bandwidth to continue the way we have operated in the past. And I want to be clear about that. Number one, out of respect to the relationship, respect to you. And also because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And what mm-hmm. I think seeing happen here is me disappointing you time and time again yes. by not being able to show up in a way that you need me to. And so I just want to be really transparent that this is where I'm at at life right now, but also, and so I just can't commit in the same way I have in the past. And it's out of respect for that past that I need to be clear for you, you know, clear. And I love that. That's difficult to do, but hard to argue with, right? And hard. And I think that if you can model that and show that for the other person, even if they, it's a sting and it might hurt them or they, they might feel sad or upset, that long term they will really appreciate mm-hmm. that actually that was a really hard thing for you to do, but it was out of respect, the mm-hmm. respect you have for that person that you took, that you found the courage to do it. And I so, agree. and again, you're, and instead of being passive and letting that relationship happen to you, you are being intentional and active and you are happening to the relationship. And that's the power position. And I don't mean power, like Right. Power. I mean, personal power. Right. That's how you're upping your personal stock. That's how you're upping your confidence. That's how you are advocating for yourself. And this has like snowball effect in, in, in other aspects of your life, other areas of your life. So to be, to be able to just, number one, you have to be aware because so many times we're like irritated and then Mm -hmm. we just forget it because we're on to the next, you know, we're Mm -hmm. doing our work or our life or scrolling Instagram and we kind of like, Ooh, that was annoying, but now yes. I forgot about it. So stop yourself. Say, hold on a second. I just kind of pushed that down. Yeah. Think of how many times a day you push down irritations and stuff. Well, what is that doing to us, right? That's so true. It's that negative energy. So right. you've put that to bed. You've put that to right. rest. You've given yourself, not only have you given yourself a gift. Yes. A gift of true respect for yourself, right. but also for that friend. And I feel like when you were saying that, I thought, you could also tell that former friend now we'll yeah. refer to, you could also say, and I feel like you deserve better. Absolutely. You deserve a friend who's going to give you 100%. Right. right. Who's going to be there for you. Right. And I'm, I've i grown in do- a different direction. Right. And I feel like I'm being honest with you because you deserve better. Absolutely. Which is the truth. It is right? the truth. 
And so it's not that this person, again, is any less valuable right. than you. It's just you have to find that that person needs to find the person that is at, is at the same cadence of their life. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And so that's not, it's weird because it feels like the most deeply personal thing, uh -huh. but it's actually not. N right. It's right. actually not personal. You're giving them a gift. Right. You're doing, you're saying you deserve a better friend right. than I'm being right. to you. Exactly. And so I'm, and then you're also being a friend to yourself. Exactly. By doing that. I love that. And now you've just freed up some energy yes. for yourself to take into whatever, yes. you know. It's such a personal growth time. It, yeah, I exactly. Do you think it's possible to revive the friendship you mm -hmm. once had? Yeah. I do. I think, you know, for example, at the, at the, in the relationship that I talked about right at the beginning, that one that I was having the problem with, we had, when I looked at it, we had grown so far apart over so many articulations. I was like, oh my gosh, how are, this feels not like too big. And this mm -hmm. is before I did all the work to be like, no, it's worth the effort. You know, a lot of times it's worth the effort because the kernel that you energetically, you know, that you kind of connected on, that's real, right? And so if you assess like that the person is still, is still has the potential again to like see you tap into that, energetically you feel like you're connected to this person still, mm -hmm. but there's just been some stuff that's built up, mm -hmm. then it's definitely worth it to be like, okay, let me put my cards out on the table and say, hey, look, in this particular instance, and I actually talk about it in the book, I do like kind of a real-time um, uh, confrontation's too strong, but I, I said, you know what, I'm going to sit her down and I'm going to say, these are all the things that are like kind of bothering me and we need to get to the bottom of it. And so I did that. In this, in this example, it was, uh, she has a real, she's always late. That was like the big one. And mm -hmm. she lives on, for, 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 for listeners who don't know Los Angeles very well, like driving to see friends is a really big, so I live on the west side, she lives on the east side, very difficult to coordinate. And every time we would meet up, she would be, you know, very late, like 30 <sighs> minutes late. And just really, you know, got me crazy, I yes. guess, you know, but like not consciously, like, you know, and so... I sat down with her and I said, this is just kind of, this is what's come up for me. This is what I've noticed. I re I didn't consciously realize that this stuff was bugging me so much until I stopped to pay attention. And, um, well, you know, I think it's something we can get over, but of course, how could you know it's bothering me if I'm not saying anything? And so taking my own responsibility also in like, I allowed this to go yeah. on really for years. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Enough. furious about it. It's like, of course, it's not cool to be late. But also, I guess I didn't, I allowed it. Yes. <laughs> you know what it's I mean? Like, like Philip always says, you teach people how to treat you. you I, that's one of my favorite, that is one yes. of my favorite sayings. Yes. You, you teach people how to treat you. And so while sure, it's not cool and it's not acceptable to show up late, I also allowed it. Yes. And so I took that responsibility and ownership. And funny enough, she had some things. Then all of a sudden she was like, well, okay, you know, and we talked about that. And she was like, well, this also bothers me yeah. that you've been doing. And she had said, you know, I ask you to do things all the time and you're never available. And so we, anyways, we got into this whole conversation and we worked it out. <gasps> That's wonderful. And on the other side of that, well, first of all, we had such a renewed energy and we we're like so happy. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. Like, oh my God, a sense of relief. Yes. You know, oh God, this it feels so much better. And um, yeah. And so like in that example, it's actually much easier to try and fix something mm 
um, that's a little broken because mm -hmm. of circumstance as opposed to like fundamentally you're mm -hmm. just not connecting than to go out and find a new friend. Yes. Right? Yes. And so it's actually like worth it to be like, let me put my cards out on the table here yes. and see what happens. Oh, I love that. Okay, listeners, like she was just saying in Erin's book, she actually gives sample scripts <laughs> for different friend situations. I think this is just amazing. So many people find it difficult to find a way to express their thoughts. Mm -hmm. I, I just love it. I love that because it's, it's worth it. It's so important. Right. It's worth it. And if you have a sample script that you can use, mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's, it's life-saving yeah. for something so valuable as a friend. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street. Essential television. So in every podcast, we do two things. And one is we have a drink of the day. Okay. And we always create a drink that is for our podcast guest oh. and our topic. So this drink is called... Can we be friends? Oh, my gosh. I love that. And yes, Robin, we can. Okay, great. So for this week, I created a drink that is going to make you nostalgic for those childhood days of sharing a soda with a friend. Aww. This version, however, is the adult version now that you're grown up. This drink has two ounces of vanilla vodka, three ounces of Diet Coke, and one half ounce of cherry juice, one half ounce of lemon juice. So you add the vodka, lemon, and cherry juice into a shaker with ice and give it a shake. Strain into a highball glass with ice and top with the Diet Coke. Stir and serve with a straw. So cheers. Cheers. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is so fun. I love it. Mmm. That oh, is delicious. It. really, really delicious. I have to admit, I, I never drink vodka, but this, this is a very delicious drink. This does <laughs> taste like a fountain it does. Like a, like, like a like very gourmet one, but like an old, yeah, like this is, it is like two friends. <laughs> Can we be friends? Okay, I so listeners, it. go to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com mm. and you can see this beautiful, fun drink and you can get the recipe and make one for yourself and a friend. Cheers. Yay. That is really good. That could be at a restaurant. It sure could. So can you talk about how someone can diagnose their friendship style. Mm -hmm. It's something so important, but not many of us know how to do it. Yes. So this is another one of the kind of epiphanies I had when I was writing the book was that is that, first of all, we all have our kind of friend persona, like what we lead with, right? And for me, what I kind of discovered is I'm like, the fixer. Like mm -hmm. when friends have a problem or something really important, you know, like a job interview or they're deciding if they want to take the romantic relationship to the next level, I'm the friend they come to. And I am really proud about that. Mm -hmm. Right. And when I was looking though at, you know, how relationship could be more dynamic, I was like, the thing is not only am I leading with that, um, I'm only showing up with that. In other mm -hmm. words, I really had not been showing any sort of vulnerability. And 
I, you know, my defense of that was like, well, I don't want to ruin my friendship cred. Like I'm yeah. the, you know, that's the way I'm seen and that's the way I want to show up. The problem with that is that's a very narrow version of myself. Yes. And so when looking at that, I was like, why don't I actually show up? And the thing is, I had a lot of fear. You know, I had a fear of vulnerability. I felt like if I did show a side that was more vulnerable, then all of a sudden my advice they were coming to would feel like maybe she doesn't know what she's talking about. Look, her life is a mess too. Yeah. And so it was a really scary proposition for me to say, hey, look, I'm look, I'm never going to lead with vulnerability. But if I'm feeling particularly like I don't have the answer to something, I don't need to just like quietly go by myself and solve it by myself. Friends are an outlet. And so that's two examples, right? But there are... There are a whole array, which mm -hmm. I talk about at the book. There is the mentor friend. There is the fun friend. There is the nostalgic friend. There is the ride or die. And so it's really important that you have, when you're looking at your the, the, the kind of inner circle friendships in your life, that you don't have just, they're all the same. You yes. want to have a dynamic kind of group in front of you, and not just for the role they play, but for what they're bringing, you know, I think nowadays, you know, in this country, we're in a, a, a little bit of trouble. Everything mm -hmm. is very divided. Mm -hmm. And so what, you know, an antidote to that is because it's very hard to sell people, you know, on differing ideas and opinions. But within our own world, our own world of friends, I think it's really important to make sure that you're not surrounded by an, an echo chamber. Yes. In other words... Everybody thinks the same as you. Everybody feels the same as you. Everybody's life experience is the same of you, as you. And mm -hmm. while it is certainly important to have a nostalgic friend, somebody that really understands where you came from, that can kind of finish your, your sentence without mm -hmm. having to really explain things, they can't all be like that. That's and right. so you want to, if you, when you're looking, taking an audit of the people in your life, you want to make sure that while the core values are the same. You want to, you don't want to, don't go out and get somebody that's got a different set of core values that will not work out. But you want to be trying to attract um, different life experience, different, you know, maybe they grew up in a different place. Maybe they have a different religious background. Maybe they have a different sexual identity. Maybe they have, whatever it is, you want to make sure that you have an eclectic dynamic group of people around you and not in a, in a go find token friends, mm -hmm. but in a, a genuine curiosity about different ways the world can work and yes. why that's important, um, you know, just because it, 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 you don't want to create an echo chamber is I really believe one of the best benefits of friendship. And I, you know, I have a whole chapter about what they do for your mental health mm -hmm. and physical health. But for me, friendship allow you to discover different parts of yourself. Yes. And if you have the same kind of people you're only unlocking one part of yourself. You want, the more dynamic, the more you can open up the aperture on your friend group, the more you discover different parts of yourself. And yes. that's what this is all really about at the end, right? Is how deep can I go? How many layers can I peel back to really understanding the true essence of me? And you can do this really only with friendship, right? And yes. so you want to make sure you have people that pull different things out of you, different sides out of you, allow you to see the world in a different way, because that's going to be the most interesting way to operate in this world, number one. And number two, as I was saying at the top about how divided we are as a country, 
if you can find people that have different life experiences and, and, and really connect with them and bring you into your inner circle, all of a sudden, it's on a collective way, you open yourself up to, you know, let me see things from a different perspective. Yes. Let me have patience and tolerance for different ideas and different life, ex, you know, experiences and points oh. of view. And I don't think we can do it the other way. I don't, even the, with the best intentions to say like, I'm going to try and see, it's just too big of a thing. Yes. What we need to be able to do is in our own life and then be able to take that energy out and model, model it for other people and then take that energy out collectively into kind of the collective consciousness. And so there's a real responsibility here, not just like, this isn't just like nice to have and how can I improve my life? I think for us where we're at as a society, this is now a responsibility. I agree. And if you do it in a, in your friendship group, if you, it's a more personal appreciation. Totally. And it's safer also. Yes. Like it's, you know, this, these are the relationships yes. that ideally should be holding you and, and, and say, that are safe spaces. And so it feels a lot, you know, just not easier. It's not, there's none of this is easy work, but safer yes. and more, um, yeah, what you were saying, yes. like more personal and, and comfortable, comfortable and, 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 and it just, it seems like you just would be able to appreciate it more mm -hmm. for yourself. Mm -hmm. Like you, you the, the personal growth you get and, and you can and also return that appreciation to your personal friends. Exactly. The appreciation for what you have just learned from them. Absolutely. It's just like a cycle of positivity. Yes. And that's where you want to be on that loop. And I think where we are is a, a negative loop yes. normally. Yes. And so we, let's switch the focus, yes. right? Yes, yes. It just it just makes you feel like I feel really good inside just right. hearing it and, and thinking about that. I love that. And I love how you close out the book with how to make new friends. Making friends as an adult can sometimes feel very difficult. Where do you think are good places for people to make new friends? Yes. So now, as we said, you know, right at the top, now more than ever, this is important. People are coming out of isolation. They're feeling lonely, depressed. Um, people are just straight up forgetting how to socialize. Yes. Um, and so I think it's really important to make the effort to be able to go out and connect, right? Yes. So the first thing you, I think, need to do is kind of, you know, take a look at the people in your lives, see where the holes are, see where the needs are for you, right? That's, that's, you want to start by being intentional, okay? And so where, where are the areas in your life where you do feel like you need more support from, from a friend? Um, and also can, can give energy, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's a two-way street. Mm -hmm. But once you've got that information, then and this is going to sound this is going to sound really simple and and you might not believe it but just actually saying to yourself out loud i need to make new friends mm -hmm. drawing attention to that energy helps you to start manifesting things in a way you know the universe is a very magical place mm -hmm. but until you put things out into the universe mm -hmm. they're not going to happen to you so i completely agree with that M manifesting and when you said simple but i completely agree with you a actually having the Action yes. of saying what you want, want. believing, telling yes. yourself, this is what I want. Exactly. And so that's the first step. And then there are many different ways you just need to re-envision how you're going about your day. So let's say, let's say you like to, let's say you have a dog. Mm -hmm. Instead of taking your dog for a walk, make the effort to find a dog park and walk to a dog park. Okay. You know, there's a group of people there that have at least one thing in common with you. Mm -hmm. They have a dog. They like dogs, right? 
put yourself actively in a space where you know that there's something you have in common, right? And then again, you need to kind of be paying attention. Who is at this dog park? Is there anybody there that I'm kind of, my interest is peaked uh -huh. or whatever? So it's a paying attention, right? Uh -huh. And then if there is somebody that you feel, oh, that person looks interesting, make your way over or throw a dog, throw the ball to their dog uh -huh. or whatever it is to start a conversation, see what it is. And it's very much like dating. It feels very weird because we don't do it again. We uh -huh. just don't think about these things. And it is going to feel weird until you do it, until we all start to say, okay, this is, I'm now going to be active in these relationships. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to cultivate, try and cultivate uh, a relationship that's right, a friendship that's right for me. If you like to jog, Find a jogging club. Yes. You know you have one thing in common, at least with these people. See if there's somebody there you like, right? The next thing is ask your friends. It's just like dating. If you yes. wanted to find a romantic part, you'd be like, oh, I'm single. Do you guys know anybody? Anybody? You know, this is what I'm looking for. Again, weird to do because we never do it, but it's just awkward until we start yes. doing it. Yes. The action, we're in our heads about it. Once you start taking action around it... Um, say, hey, you know what? I'm really, um, to say to a, another friend, hey, you know, I really feel like I need another mom entrepreneur friend. I just feel like I need to have somebody that like is going through it with a young baby and trying yeah. to set up a business. Do you guys know any, you know, do you know anybody, Sandy, that- I that love that. Just put it's yourself like out there. networking Networking. For a friend. Exactly. And, and- you know what? I do know somebody. I'm. Let's all get a coffee. That we, you'd be great together. It's like just that people that. aren't thinking of connecting yes. people in this way from a friend. They're thinking about it from a business perspective, but not like, or a romantic perspective, but not like, oh, that would be a really good companion match. I right? love that. And it's also worth noting that your new best friend might already be in your friend circle. Exactly. Do you agree? Absolutely. And oh. that's also why... Again, it's not so much about going through your contact list with a machete. It's about rearranging where you place your energy. And so somebody that like is kind of in a second tier or third tier, all of a sudden you might find yourself in a life experience where it's like, oh, no, wait, that is exactly, yes. we're both on the same page. Let me pull the energy over there yes. and then take some action around it. Hey, do you want to grab a coffee? Let's get dinner. Yes. See if they're... Like, oh, I forgot about her. I've always loved being around her. I've always loved exactly. her energy. And I've never even thought about her. I should call her. Exactly. I mean, it's just getting active. You're right. That's it's just being proactive. Exactly. I just love that. So can you please tell everyone where to get your new book? And I understand you're also doing a giveaway for the I, listeners. I am. Ooh. Well, um, you can get my new book at Amazon or Barnes & Noble or Indie Books, wherever books are sold. Um, and you can find me on all things social at Erin Falconer. Um, I am doing a giveaway. <gasps> I am giving away two books <gasps> to one winner, one for you and one to you, for, for us to send to a friend, oh. whoever you choose to uh, send it to. Oh, I, I'd love that. Thank you for doing that. Of course. Because we... You know, we don't have a lot of giveaways, and so that is so kind of you. So how to break up with your friends, finding meaning, connection, and boundaries in modern friendships. So we are giving away to the winner two books, one for you and one for your friend. So I'm so excited about that. Thank you so much. We'll give you all of the details on how to win this book 
and a second one. Go on to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com or our social media pages to find out details of how to win. So now I said we do two things with every podcast. So it's time to do our game of the day. Do you like playing games? Sure. Okay. So we created this game and it's called Famous Friends. Okay. So now we're going to put your friendship knowledge to the test, but not in the way you think. Okay. I'm going to read off a clue about a famous pair of friends and you're going to have to guess which bestie I'm talking about. Okay. Okay. So. man, I'm nervous. Number one. (laughs) Oprah met this lifelong friend while they worked together at a Baltimore TV station in 1976. (laughs) Gail King and Oprah, yes. Okay, number two, Leonardo DiCaprio walked this famous friend down the aisle at her wedding. Yes. I did not know that he walked her down. I knew they were friends. Yeah. But, and she's just, can I say a little side story here? I was in New York with some girlfriends, Mm -hmm. actually, uh, maybe. Oh, it's been like 10 years ago. And we were having dinner in a restaurant. And Mm -hmm. she sat at the table next to us with a woman. She was obviously having dinner with a good friend. And she is breathtakingly beautiful. Yeah. We all know that when we see her on on the screen. But in person, I sat there and I I was just captivated by how she was listening to her friend. She was just eye contact and she was just so beautiful so i can just tell she's she's a very good friend i get that sense about her without ever having met her yeah. i feel like she feels so authentic and genuine she she seemed it that night with her friend drew barrymore met her famous bestie while working Cameron on Diaz? action yes yes <laughs> Cameron Diaz. I, <laughs> yay yes I know. sorry I'm, should I'm i sure. let, should i let you finish the whole no, question no i want you okay. to know no i bet they have so much fun together I, they look yes. like they do all right, Serena Williams co-hosted her famous friend's baby shower in 2000. Meghan Markle. Yes. <laughs> I did not know that. This is, this is, I'm a bit of a, You're so I, may, good. I maybe shouldn't be on the internet so much. I love it. No, this is fabulous. <laughs> Diane Keaton starred in her famous friend's music video for his song, Ghost. <gasps> Ghost. Did not know that. Diane Keaton. Oh, I love Starred Diane Keaton. in her fame. I love her too. In all of her movies. Okay, so starred in her famous friend's music video for his song, Ghost. Wow. I'm stumped. You said his, so... uh, And his song, Ghost. Ghost. Oh, this is probably going to make me look bad, but I don't know. I don't know. Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber, Ah! a a fellow Canadian? Yes, I'm shocked. I didn't even guess that. That's so cute, too. She started his... Okay. Last one. 50 Cent. Found friendship with this Broadway star through charity work. Did not know this either. Mm. Bet Midler. Bet, I would not have. I was thinking Hamilton. I, yeah, no, yeah. I don't know. I Bet did not Midler. Know that. I can't believe it. Oh, you got me. Wow. I was doing so well there, too. You were too. doing so well. Nailing them before <laughs> the question even got out of your mouth. Darn it. You did very, very well. Oh, thanks. Well, sadly, that brings us to the end of the episode. Oh. But now, before we wrap up, I have one more question for you. Okay. This podcast is all about sharing life-changing secrets. Okay. So do you have one secret you can share with the listeners that maybe you have learned from a friend, from a family member, from someone throughout your life? Um, so the secret that I think has been the most valuable to me is that the answer to everything you need to know is within you. 
And it is your responsibility as a human to be able to turn down the dial on chaos, find the quiet every single day with discipline. So whether it's 10 or 15 minutes, but with discipline, so you can allow those answers to rise and they will rise. Um, and you have to have faith. If you do it for a day, if you do it for a week, if you do it for a month and you, you hear nothing, trust me, that is the secret. You will hear what you need to hear, but it is your responsibility to dial down the chaos every single day. And I promise you. That is wonderful. That's beautiful. And I believe you. I mean, I got cold chills when you just said it because that's a beautiful secret to share. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This has been so amazing. It has been. Thank you so very, very much for being here and talking to us. So now please tell the listeners where to find you online Mm -hmm. and where to get your new book once more. Um, All things social. I'm at Erin Falconer or at Pick the Brain, which is my blog. Um... And then the book is Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, or indie booksellers, basically everywhere. I I hope. (laughs) I love it. That's so fantastic. And Secret Squad, head on over to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com for recipes, photos, and blogs that I update each week just for you. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.